Oh, anything in particular you wanted to talk about? Um, not really. Just because the stuff I'd talk about, because of course, as we know, you know, the NBA is getting ready to start back up. The WNBA is as well. Um, I'm looking, I think I mentioned to you last week, um, we were just talking that I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Izzy Madjabor play. Oh, yeah. Because when I got to see her in international play, she looked like she'd probably end up being really good. Um, but outside of that, all I really had to talk about is um, what I think various high school players from watching a lot of basketball this weekend. So... Um, I'm also going to be very transparent with you guys. Um, I did a um, technology-free weekend, so all news that happened over the past two days is breaking news to me. So enjoy that. Do that with you, Will. I mean, as far as I know, there's not a whole lot that you don't know that's worth talking about. I mean, this was the first time the zero NBA players uh, tested positive for COVID, so the bubble's working. But, like, didn't a couple of them already test positive in the bubble? I don't think anybody in the bubble tested positive, and if they did, we will see it in the 3030 documentary that will inevitably come out. But until then, I think we got to... We got to just hope. <laughs> okay. Because I think what, um, I think Russell Westbrook tested positive, but I don't think he was down in uh, Orlando yet. Okay. Um, I have no idea if Jokic is down there yet. I remember like hearing a few weeks ago he did, is allowed to come back in, but I do not know if that's another two weeks. Quarantine, and if so, I do not know if it's been two weeks. Okay. We're talking not basketball. We're talking about not basketball. Yeah. I'm upset. Why are you upset? I'm upset to just stumble into you singing that atrocity. I don't know what you're talking about. I personally think it's a masterpiece. I knew I could never take your music uh, critique seriously. I knew it. I knew what I knew. And now that's this is confirmation. Well, hi, Philip. How are you doing today? Uh, I don't actually care. That's what a normal person sounds like when they pop onto a conversation with people. They say nice things first. What's wrong with you? I'm like, I really think something's up with you. What's wrong? You good? I know. I feel like being moody. I'm I'm being a little extra right now. You good? I feel like being moody. Oh, Philip. By the way, letting you know, uh, we're doing things uh, different on the Traveling Hoopers podcast uh, in season three. We're okay. actually going to use the video from this, so we're going to show our faces now. So, <laughs> I can 
see your face. I can see the taco meat on your face. Don't shine the light directly into the camera. Make sure it's... Oh, no, the, the lighting is perfect. Is that better? It's, yeah, it's the chest hair and the armpit. That's... That's... Oh. Hey, that's the yeah. I just came from the gym. I'm this feeling definitely good. not. Safe. I came from the gym. I'm feeling good at the level. You know what I mean? I'm feeling good. No? Okay. Let me call myself up then with this Kansas Jayhawk blanket. Sorry. Well, since everybody's here, the welcome to the Travel Hoopers. I am your host, Alan Pettigrew. These two knuckleheads will introduce themselves. Uh, wait, what do we do? Whatever. Um, so up, y'all? Um, Calvin McGowan, and I probably watched too much basketball this weekend. Uh, what's going on? Um, I'm P. Dizzle. Everybody calls me Philip, though. And I probably didn't watch enough basketball this weekend because I've been watching too much basketball over quarantine. So I've like gone through the history of basketball and one mixtape. Hoop mixtape and Baller's Life. So I'm just waiting on some new content to come out. Hey, can you explain to me how what happened to Hoop Mixtape? Uh their infrastructure wasn't as mm. so they were groundbreaking, but their infrastructure wasn't as organized and widespread as Baller's Life. So like they the so like if you look at back if you look back at who mixtape back in the day, right? They would be at specific mm-hmm. tournaments. And really, who mixtape just like a couple guys. They'd be at specific tournaments. Uh, a lot of their early guys were the biggest cities, right? Uh, it'd be a lot of, uh, you know, like J- Brandon Jennings was big off hoop mixtape. Uh, Derek Rose was big off hoop mixtape. But like those guys were like from certain areas Chicago, New York, you know, like, like that type of area, right? Uh, LA, that kind of stuff. But then Ballas Life came out came around, took it's Ballas Life essentially did what Instagram did to Snapchat. Right? So Instagram just took the story format from Snapchat and just expanded on it. Um Ballas Life did that exact same thing to hoop to hoop mixtape. So instead of just being in like the bigger cities, all of a sudden they're in, you know, Dallas, San Antonio. They're like all over. So they just expanded the formats that was pre- that, that, or the groundbreaking formats, I would say, that Who Mixtape came out with. Because Who Mixtape, the run really wasn't that long. Like, if you really think about it, the run was. Bola's Life probably have. Bola's Life is on like a decade long run now at this point. Decade plus. Yeah. Are you talking about being like number one or are you talking about just talking like about, a concept? I'm talking about not just existing, but like being like the go to mixtape. Yeah you know, individual for college hoopers. So, like, I don't know about you, but I got put on hoop mixtape because of Britton Jennings. And that was, like, 07, 08. And then Derrick Rose, and that was, like, 08, 07 also. And all those, that, like, generation put me on to hoop mixtape. All of a sudden, when I got to college, it was 2012, for sure it was Ballers Life. Because I remember when Andrew Wiggins was Ballers Life, that's, th- that's 13, uh, ben McLemore was Baller's Life. That was 2011, 2012. Um, so, like, Baller's Life. And then Akil Carr, that was Baller's Life, too. So, like, and, and Akil Carr, that came out when I was 
2010. Yeah, that came out like 2010, 11, 10. So that for sure was when Baller's Life like became established as like the go-to mixtape for for high school hoopers. Uh, who mixtape probably had like three year run. Yeah, because that was a uh, your timeline is about right. Because um, I remember being in like marketing class in like 2010. Yeah. And, like in the back. We're, and it was just me and Levi. We just watched uh, Baller's Life. That's when, like, Baller's Life, like, when they did their, uh, like, specific channels, yeah. where it was, like, Baller's Life East, Baller's Life South. Like, all of it was, like, watch Baller's Life South videos. And that was, like, from, like, 2010. And then I remember, like, looking back, like, years later, being like, why is this not on Baller's Life? And then being like, who mixed it? Like, you only have, like, four, like, they only had, like, four or five videos that I fully remember. See, I remember... I'd just be like, because I'm two years younger than you. Yeah, because it was easy for me. Well, the timeline's easy for me because I graduated high school, so 12th grade in 2012. So whatever year it was, what grade I was in. And I was, like, traveling around, playing AAU. Um, I was, like, engulfed in the culture at the time. So whatever... And I, I, I can, like, remember what tournaments I was in. I can remember, you know, what grade I was in, what class I was watching, just like you said, uh, where I was watching, what videos, all kind of stuff. So I, I can remember that whatever grade I was in was what year it was. Um, so, I mean, there were in, in like I remember like, who mixtape had a lot of people that didn't go on to do big things. So like they were big in high school, and there were because who mixtape there was what was his name? Uh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But he ended up going to Baylor, and then he went to, you know, he went up going to, he transferred from Baylor, and then went to University of Missouri. But he was out of North Carolina. Deuce Bello. Deuce Bello. He had so much bounce. If you, go, if you watch Deuce Bello's Hoop Mixtape right now, it's possibly the best Hoop Mixtape or Ball is Life Mixtape that you will, that you will see. Like, it's, it was incredible. But it turned out he just had bounce. He didn't have skill. So all of a sudden, when he got to college, you you couldn't. He didn't do nothing. You know what I mean? He got to college. All of a sudden, he got he got no clock. You know what I mean? Uh, then all of a sudden, he got transferred from school to school to school to school. And now he's been overseas. No one heard of him anymore. But I remember his who mixtape was like big time, and that was two thousand and ten. So right around that same timeline is what we're saying, right? All of a sudden, Ball's Life came in and said, "Whoop." Let's get it. All of a sudden, you know, Boss Life got the first of all, all these hoop mixtapes be all these mixtapes be the best. The little soundtracks, little little chipmunk 2003 Kanye samples, like they really be fire. They get like I don't know. Then the, whoever does the editing for Hoop Mixtape and Ball is Life needs to have a scholarship to needs needs to be able to teach a master class somewhere. I'm like big high school basketball fan. So Ball is Life has like a podcast and uh, they have like two like not scouts, but like they're they're two like big time journalists down there in like South California, Southern California, and um, like all they do is talk about basketball. And they had um, one of the founders of Ballers Life, Otic, and he like told like how all of this happened. Is it's like all there, bro? It's, really? It's it's a really good list. It's probably like my whole a, thing is: do I really want to listen to the Ballers Life people talk? I'm not quite sure if I do. Okay, you want to, if you just want to know what they did, like what he did for all of it to work, and like some of the things he ran into, yes. 
it is a it is a good listen. That makes sense. That makes sense. If you want to like find out how they started from the ground up um, yeah. as a company, as a infrastructure, then I kind of understand that. But I don't know how other basketball takes good. Like, like you, what's the, what's the, is that, what's the, uh, the ranking system that's like most adequate now for high school, high schoolers? That's not ESPN. Is it still Max well, Prep? Twenty four seven. It's not Max Prep anymore. They got the composite composite ranking, so that's like everybody's. Okay, so when it comes to people who are actually hooping, I listen to them, right? But when it comes to some highlights and like how to build, like establish a culture, which is what mixtapes did, established a true high school culture, then I thought I would talk to them about that kind of stuff. But I'm not sure how much they actually know about basketball. All right, so it's not like the Ball's Life team gives like a podcast. Like every, like each one of their like podcasts that they have, like in their network. It's like specific things. Like they got like one that tells stories. They got one that like takes you back to like specific big game moments. And um, that one is all about like scouting, like Mm. scouting in high school basketball. So like I can, I enjoy listening to them because they have good opinions. And like one of the dudes has been doing this for like 20 plus years. So, and I've met him in person because I do this. Uh, so I do so like, this. <laughs> so like they're cool. It's just a hard listen. Like they they need like somebody else to edit the podcast or have like a host. It's gotcha. Yeah. Okay. 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 Calvin, how about you? Do you have any specific memories of uh Baller's life and or hoop mixtape? Honestly, not really. I I just didn't watch look at them like that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Do you not have okay, so like right now, do you not have a favorite? What between what between the two? No, or... like your favorite mixtape to watch growing mm-hmm. up or like as of right now. Nah. I can't what say that. Is it what? Your favorite mixtape. My favorite a kill car. Really? Crime Stopper, yeah. okay. Yeah. I it's never just, like it's not even close as my favorite. I never time. got the hype of little people playing basketball. Like, I'm gonna tell you why. He was he was five foot five, five six. If we being nice, and the six eight dude tried to dunk, and he blocked it with his chest. That is not that's not normal. And for you to do that at five foot five to block a shot with your chest when you grab the ball. Mm-hmm. And the dude is like six eight. That's that's legendary. He was so fast. He was entertaining to watch. Like, yeah. like that amount of speed at that height. That that just kind of like translate. That was like, like Kentucky offered him. And at the time, that's when Kentucky offering you meant a ton. Like it still means a ton. Yeah. But you were like, oh, you you going to Kentucky? Okay, cool. That's like what twenty thirteen. Like. Mm-hmm. See, my time is so two things. One, before I forget, now now that I'm thinking about it, there was a specific event that really put mixtape companies over the top. There's, there's, like there's there's been there's been layers and tiers, right? 
like to where like there's been like the most specific events that put them on the top. The most recent event that really put them up to another level was the 2011 lockout. When that lockout happened and everybody was, you know, uh, hooping at these random gyms uh, around the country, the the ball is life, the hoop mixtapes, the off-brand Aldi-type mixtape companies and websites, they took that footage and ran with it. Like, that was the most, because, like, before then, you also had, you know, you had the uh, the and one mixtapes and... Uh, you had, uh, you know, in different individuals who like, you know, put the put put the bar up when it came to mixtapes. But the 2011 lockout season, uh, that was the one for our generation that really put it over the top, guaranteed. Because I remember, we're like, ESPN wasn't having Kobe, you know, hitting that game winner, dropping whatever number he did on uh, in, in that little 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 gym against James Harden them. You know, you were here seeing LeBron playing KD with Chris Paul on the team. You know what I mean? Like, that's the stuff he was watching. And the in the in the mixtape websites or the mixtape, uh, I guess YouTube channels were the ones that had those had that footage, right? And ESPN was trying to cop that footage, right? And it was it was a uh, that's impressive. But also, I say also before that though. I want to get to this. I mentioned that before. I forgot. But I say I'm not infatuated by a kill car. But for some reason, I remember where I was when I first watched a kill car's mixtape. Like, I remember the spot I was sitting in. It was at a laundromat in Las Vegas because I was there for the uh, Adidas Super 64. And I remember sitting in this, like, I don't know, what do you call it? Like a, like a, like a, a booth. And I would, and people, my my teammates were like, "Oh man, look at a kill car!" I'm like, "A kill car!" And I remember watching him be like, "Oh, he nice," but uh, but, but I don't, but like the little person playing basketball thing never really captured me. It never captured me, Nate Robinson. And I don't know, it just never did. It's because you're six five, and you've probably always been taller than the rest of us, so you don't understand. I don't know. That's the closest we get to equality when it happens. Do you know? <laughs> do what? you not understand? That's the closest we get to genetic equality. Do you not understand how gifted that is? Do you not understand how gifted a kill car has to be to do what he does? It's not like he was doing that against scrubs. Like he was at a powerhouse school in Baltimore, dominating. Like, like, come on, yo, that is crazy. At five five, name another I, basketball player that you who's five five making varsity. I get it. Like he little and good. Like I get, I get the fact he good, obviously, or he was good. Uh, I get the fact that he a little man. Like cool, but like for some reason, little people playing basketball. I wasn't a big Muggsy Bowes fan. Never a big Nate Robinson fan. Never a big a kill guard guy. I'm not even the best. Like my favorite player to come out of Baltimore, besides like you know, or a Baltimore that like was a mixtape legend is Josh Selby. Josh Selby. Was mixtape was nasty. Like yeah, when he came, I didn't like that. When he came to KU, <laughs> people was hyped. Like people were hyped. Then he had like some kind of recruitment uh, issue where he couldn't play. But like he couldn't play for the first like 10, 11 games, something like that, uh, for a significant amount. And then he came in, he was balling. And then the lockout happened a little bit after that. He was killing the lockouts too because you can go in there right now. 
and he played in a game against Brandon Jennings. And, you know, Brandon Jennings is a street ball. He's like a guy in the NBA who was, like, cool in the NBA, but then we put him on the rec team. He goes going to murder. He Michael Beasley. Um, he, he was, it was him or Josh Selby going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Even it was during the lockout season. And that was amazing to watch. And Josh Selby, in my opinion, was a more exciting player than a kill car. I'll let you have that. I think there are like ones that, if we're watching the video, like like Jahi Carson, his was very entertaining. But another dude that you probably don't like, he was five ten. He was dope. Everybody. I mean, that's fine. Look, and I appreciate the fact that these are they're, they're not pulling a. Okay, he is good generally, but his high school highlights, his being Zion Williams, was against little white kids. Like, like, kids. <laughs> he was good. Like, Zion is very good. I'm not going to say generational type talent because he's pretty much Blake Griffin, but like, he is generational type. He's like, he's really, 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 really good. I got to see him more than half a than less than half a season. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie to you. But he's really good. But in high school, he was over here slapping the backboard against these five, three white kids who, you know, that he got one white kid famous for being hyped up to guard him. Like, what? You playing against these kind of guys? Yeah, people in Baltimore, people in Kansas City, people in Dallas, people in Memphis, they all playing against, like, top-tier, you know, high school players. And Zion over here playing in the sticks of South Carolina, you know what I mean? Like, he over here playing, like, so no one care about the people he play. Uh, but he ended up good. Like, that usually doesn't happen. That usually doesn't happen at all. I mean, didn't South Carolina also give us John Morant? So, like, I, you get good so folks out there occasionally. Two players in how many years? <laughs> if we – okay, are we talking about NBA players? Because I think – can. Thornwell, I can't think of his first name. Is it starts with a K? He's from South Carolina. He in the he in the league too. He's not a dude, but who is? He's not a dude. Listen, you <laughs> we said we got two people from South Carolina, right? And the two people we did from South Carolina came out the exact same year. Who came up before them? Like South Carolina, they just over here dribbling in dirt roads. You know what I mean? Like ugh, who who is from South Carolina in the NBA? Like, that's the question we need to find out because we already got Jaw, and Jaw's nasty. He's nasty. He's going to be rookie of the year. He should be rookie of the year. Zion's going to be nasty. He should not be rookie of the year, but if he would play the entire season, he should have been rookie of the year, right? But uh, I, need to find, I need to know who else is from South Carolina, though. Let's see. All right. I pulled up a list. There are 44 players. And it's like eight of them are active. Uh, we got Cinderius Thornwell that came in in 2018. Uh, John Morant. Yeah. Chris Middleton. Okay. Okay. 2013. Okay. Okay. Raymond Felton, 2006. Raymond Felton. Raymond Felton built like he eat too much barbecue. You're right. He, he looked like he came from South Carolina. It's okay. I, I flamed him earlier. Okay, good. <laughs> Jawad Evans, 2018. PJ Dozier, 2018. 
you might have something right with these like certain years because they come out in clumps, yo. Uh, Tory Craig in 2018, uh, Nicholas Claxton 2020. Oh, that's uh, a trash last name. I'm <laughs> sorry, Claxton. Oh, Speedy Claxton. Come on, bro. That's a good. That's a good name. It's not anyway, all. You continue. Uh, Jarrell Brantley. Oh, so we're getting to people really know who they are. I got you. Uh, like, oh, that, that, that's all the active players. You struggle with that last one, too. Uh, I didn't know what it but It's the letters all small. It's, who is who? Cool. <laughs> he, he gets a smaller <laughs> font because he'll nobody. He'll nobody. Uh, okay. That's uh, more than I thought, but that's still not a lot. That's three people that are, like, notable. Zion, right. John, want- Chris Middleton. Uh, do you want names? Like, if you, how far do you want names? Because there's some names here. I think active is the most important, right? Because, like, if you go back to the history of the league, because like, if you go to the history of the league, then you got to start going to like ABA and like who was in the ABA. And it, it gets all and weird. They have basketball reference has 44 players from South, that, from South Carolina. So it's not a lot of big names, but there's players you've heard of. And you will get through the list very fast. Let's see. Uh, QC about Kansas City. In comparison. Look about Kansas City. And then let's, look, let's look about Kansas City. Then let's look at Memphis. Because Memphis is going to have too many. I guarantee it. But let, let's have some comparison between South Carolina and other places. So actually, I don't know if you can do Kansas City. It's a whole state. So do uh, Missouri. Yeah. Do Missouri. All right. Yeah. And then Memphis after that, because like Memphis is gonna, ha- or uh, Tennessee after that, because Tennessee is gonna have stupid numbers. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. From Memphis alone, got 45. <laughs> yeah, Memphis got 45. T- Nashville probably got three. Uh, Chattanooga probably got one. All right, Missouri got 68. Get at us. Hey, that's that's really close. 69. Better than. Oh, okay, so we're not too far off from Tennessee. They got 94. Okay, okay. So who are the most notable from both of those? Okay, I'll give you the active players from Tennessee. Jordan Bone, who was drafted in 2020 or whatever in 2020. He's only played 10 games. Okay. Corey Brewer, Brewer, 2008. Chris Chioza, 2019. Ian Clark. 2014, Antonius Cleveland, got got to do better. 2018, John, John Jenkins, 2013, Jamarius, uh, 2019, uh, uh, Jeremiah Martin, 2020, uh, Garrison Matthews, 2020, Jody Meeks, 2010, Jody Meeks, Cameron Payne, Cameron Payne, 2016. JJ Reddick, uh, 07. Um, Wait, JJ Reddick's from Nashville? Uh, he is. Oh, JJ Reddick was from, from New York. Cookville. Mm-hmm. Well, this is just like where they were born. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. yeah. I think he grew up in the States in North Carolina, I believe. Something like that, Ooh. right? Uh, JJ Reddick. No, JJ Reddick went to high school in New York. Really? Yeah, I've heard stories of people playing him in New York. He went to high school in New York. New York. It's like a prep school in New York. Okay. I just remember so that. Active, active Tennessee has how many? 
active. active. Oh, we didn't finish the list, by the way. I know, but you started naming people I didn't know. So I was like, <laughs> I fight Charles Barkley, and is he in the league? <laughs> like, what team does he play for? I was like, well. So, last two names, Jonathan Williams in 2019, Lou Will in 2006. Okay, Lou Will. Okay, what about Missouri now? All right, let's see. So, active, we... Oh, we got, we got some names. I know we do. I know we do. <laughs> so, we got Brad Bill, 2013. Yeah. yeah. Alec Burks, yeah. 2012. Grand Views Prod. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Cook, 2020. Mm-hmm. I, I got to look at that dude. I don't know who that is. Uh, Shaquille Harrison, 2018. Yeah. Chicago Bulls. Yep, his brother dunked all on Levi. Ooh, wow, his, brother his brother his, went first round MLB draft. His he dunked on Levi in the weirdest way. It was like super polite. Like his feet just grazed his hair. That's not polite. <laughs> that's, that's, no, no. Realistically, you couldn't kick something inside the head. That's how much hang time he had. He just went over him. Yeah, that's the politest ending that could have possibly been a thing. Uh, Patrick McCall. Dang, they all from St. Louis. This makes me feel bad, bro. We, I know they are. We coming back to the city, and we gonna have a training facility, and we gonna train another NBA player. I don't care how we gotta do this, but bro, I already got my, look, bro, I already got started on that. Trust me. All right, we're gonna see. Uh, Patrick McCall, twenty seventeen. Ben McLemore, twenty fourteen. Jawan Morgan, twenty twenty. Michael Porter. Uh, 20, 2020, Otto Porter, 2014, Landry Shamit, 2019, uh, Jason Tatum, 2018. Yes, sir. Oliver, 2009. Bro, Michael Porter Jr. lived in Columbia his, his whole life until he until he left. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. was in Columbia his entire life, and then he left to go to some school, I think. And that was like in two thousand. He was he was like a sophomore in high school. Wait, when? Like sophomore in high school. Michael Porter Jr. grew up in Columbia, Missouri. Yeah, I, I to MU. If uh, memory serves correct, Otto Porter played for Scotts County Central. It's yeah. a really small school in uh, down here. I think they're like three A. No, I'm talking about Michael, Michael Porter Jr. Oh, Michael Porter? Word? Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, Michael Porter Jr. That's why he went to MU, because he grew up in Columbia. Ooh, okay. Oh, wow. And hold on. And what about, oh, I guess Bobo would be Kansas. Never yeah. mind. Bobo would be Kansas. I think, Loki, I think Kansas. Kansas got some of our players. I think it's like it's like cheating. Like they they was born on like the wrong side of the state line. Like you you really supposed to be here. That just happened to be like the closest one. That's the closest. That's true. That's true. That's true. I mean, no, but Bobo before he left and went to California, he grew up in all Kansas areas because Manu Bowl lived in Kansas itself. So he he wasn't only he he just happy like he wasn't a person who was born in Kansas but went to school in high school in or in or born in Missouri. When he went to school in Kansas kind of stuff, like he actively went to school in Kansas and lived in Kansas his entire life until he went to Matter Matterday. 
Is that what it was? Matter Matter Day? Uh, prep school, whatever it is. Matter Day, yeah. Yeah, until he went to Matter Day. So like, so like, but like, you know, but Kansas don't have that many because Kansas only got Wichita, Wichita, uh, uh, Kansas City, Kansas. Like that's it. But in Kansas City or in Missouri, you guys, Kansas City, Missouri, Springfield, and St. Louis. Uh, but St. Louis got some names. But St. Louis has always had names, though. Yeah. Like, St. Louis got all the names. St. Louis got a lot of names. Then you got, like, a, a few Kansas City ones sprinkled in. But uh, Kansas City definitely has, like, or not Kansas City. St. Louis definitely has all the names, though. Uh, I heard a story where Alec Burke played Bradley Beal in the state championship game. And Bradley Beal was only a sophomore. And Bradley Beal gave everybody buckets like he dropped like 40 something points in, 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 in the state game like i like, think you'll see that uh my cousin went to go watch it uh that's that's the only reason i know he was like you know grandview everybody around here knows each other so he went to go watch the game in columbia because it was the halfway point that's where all the state games were played and he said bradley bill was everybody was like who is this guy like bradley bill over here what year was it what year did bradley bill come out of florida florida uh let's see Bradley Bill came out of Florida. Let me think. 2013. 2013, yeah. Okay. So that would have been 20... What, 11? 2011? No, because Alec Burke came out in 2011 from Colorado, right? Yeah. How long was... Did Bradley Bill stay two years? Bradley Bill stayed one year. He's a one and done. I remember him. People saying he shouldn't be one and done, but he became one and done and came became Bradley Beal. You know what I mean? Like everybody who says people like there were only very specific scenarios to where a person should stay in college more than one year if you're like considered to be a one and done player. Like I remember, the, like Marcus Smart stayed another season. I remember that. Marcus Smart stayed another season. Say again. I said that didn't make a ton of sense. Well, he he said he wanted to stay another season because he wanted to work on his three point shots specifically. Uh, he had all the other tools, but he but then he came back and that's when he hit that fan. Uh, so it didn't work out too well for him because after that season he was known as a guy with a bad attitude and known as a guy who was uh, non leadership qualities, which is not true. Obviously, if you oh. watch him for it. In the NBA, what you know what I mean? Like, like it's weird how it's weird how you will get characterized as something. You being the like an NBA player or a college player, right? You get characterized something, and that character is supposed to follow you along as if you aren't 18, 19, and 20 years old. Like you're young. Like you're a young person. A male's brain doesn't develop to 26. Like you're young and you're gonna do you're gonna do young things. So why should it matter if you are a certain way to an extent, a certain way, and that affects you to go into the league? Uh, uh, if it's just like young things, right? So if your aunt says something to you and you react to it, or because like let let let's say let's say DeSosa for KU was actually good enough to make it to the league. Like he's not, but let's say he is, right? <laughs> he's not. He's a he's a he's a he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, a, a overseas lifer. That's what he is. Tariq um, Black, I get it. So like, oh, Tariq Black, wait, Tariq Black had minutes in the league though. 
He played for the Lakers and the Rockets. But effort, Sil- bro. Big body and effort. Sylvia, well, more like Cliff Alexander. Uh, that's what it is. Um, <laughs> but let's say he let's say he makes it to the league, or he had an opportunity to make it to the league. Should that event that happened this past season with K State affect truly affect his chances of getting to the league? Like it will, but should they? I personally don't think they do, but you're also talking to the person who kind of throws. If you are, if you are good enough, and you do something wrong once, I'm I'm okay with giving you a second chance. Like, all right. like it, it one is depending on what it is. Depending on what it is. You got into a fight. Yeah. To me, I like people who gonna fight. <laughs> Like, I got, no, we got to have somebody, we got to have somebody on the team because that's the person that's going to have the energy that's going to rile everybody up at some point. He's going to do something. Yeah, facts. Yeah. Facts. Like whether it's in practice or not, he's he's going to get something out of you. So I I I'm having him on the team entire like if you fall, you good with me. He just <laughs> like, need like a <laughs> He just need like a like a he don't need like a X and O's coach when he gets to the league. Uh, individual like that. The individual needs like a Zen master, Phil Jackson type of coach to like specify that aggression towards like a certain area. You know what I mean? Because like, what's the old dude? Man, they may have been gone too long. What's the coach? The Celtics coach name? I can't remember right now. Which you talking about? Uh, Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens. He don't need a Brad Stevens because Brad Stevens can't control his players. Like Brad Stevens is not like when it comes to player personnel. Brad Stevens. He needs high character dudes, the ones that's just gonna follow the rules. Like that's 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 high character. Defining people as high character really blows my mind. Because like, what does that truly mean? That just means you uh you 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 a kiss ass. That's really what it means. You you ready to kiss butt? That's what it means. Self is kissing ass. I think it's just you you follow the rules. Because you gotta remember, like high character. High character guys as either quality role players. Like you, they don't, they don't say LeBron is a high quality, high character guy. Yeah, they do. Do they? LeBron would be considered a high character guy. No, no, he could be considered a high character guy. How often do you hear people say that about? Driving his head. Well, like how often I've never watched the game. Listen. They'd be like, he, "That's a high character guy." Like nobody, that's not in his draft. Well, I don't like, think LeBron's. I don't think LeBron's a good that. Only LeBron's a good example because how often do you hear anybody say anything positive about LeBron? Because, like, LeBron is too good. It's too easy to make things. It's too easy to be positive about him. So everybody trying to be different and say something negative about LeBron. Like, no one's going to call him a high-character guy because he's LeBron. Um, exactly. Who, it, does, like, it doesn't matter. Who is a guy in the league that is known as a high-character guy right now? Like, off the top of your head. I don't know. Malcolm Bragnan, probably, right? Like, he's probably known as a high-character guy because he went to school for a while. He's a well-educated, talking guy. Like, like my whole thing is this. High-character guy. So does high-character guy have anything to do with your basketball IQ? I wouldn't, I, I assume, like, kind of like Alan said, when you talk about high-character, it just kind of means, like, you don't really get into trouble. Not necessarily that you're everyone's favorite person, but like they don't have to worry about you going out and doing something stupid, which has nothing to do with whether or not you're good at basketball. That's more of a like, look, I know somebody else might be better, but this person is not going to be in any trouble. 
Man, so, so basically high character is a lame person, right? So like J.R. Smith has never got into trouble outside of the outside of you know, he's never gotten in trouble. J.R. Smith has never gotten in trouble, right? Like there's never been a story about J.R. Smith over here getting to wild altercations outside the basketball court. Say again? Except that time where he punched the kid this uh, <laughs> like a couple months ago. <laughs> you see what the kid was doing trying to break the car? Come on now. <laughs> It, it don't do matter. You, look, you try to break my car, you try to break my car, I'm going to hit you too. Like, Jared Smith, he, Jared Smith, big. He a big guy. Like He like 6'8". Yeah. He, he, like, he an NBA best player. They not, they in shape. You know what I mean? He might not be playing NBA, but he working out like an NBA player. Uh, like he was in the league last year. <laughs> he's fine, bro. Bro, like, he's never done anything wild outside of, guess, that situation, but, like, that's justified. He's never done anything wild. He's not a, but he wouldn't be considered a high character guy. Very true. So like, is it like a? It's cold. It's cold. <laughs> we we know it's cold. It's cold. cold. <laughs> use it use cold. a good bro. Use a good one. Like it's really cold. You're right. Ugh. I just I, I know what the label means. Okay, it's, it's weird. <laughs> I'm never gonna you say somebody is high character ever in my life because it's obviously cold. Ugh, I don't like that. Let's let's not talk about high character people. Like I don't want to put no, I don't want to put nobody in a good. My my, my bad, Malcolm Brogdon. I'm not trying to put you in the good box. Uh, so I'm gonna take. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna retract that high character uh uh kind of uh status I gave you. No, nah, my bad. I'm not gonna do that. My bad. Ew. I care. I feel like this is a high character pro uh, podcast. Oh yeah, listen, we are. Well, oh, oh my bad, I kind of really got into that. For a second. We are some <laughs> high character Negroes. Um, we would be considered high character though. I'm gonna lie to you. Like if we were going to the league, if we had if we had the talent. My bad. If you two had the talent to go into the league, uh, we would all be considered high character Negroes. Alright. Mm-mm. The only I'm gonna tell you why. <clears throat> if I was wildly talented, <laughs> Philip, what do you, what do you, you say? What do you Phillip, say? You know me. When I really feel good about something, I'm not humble. Let me bust your ass in basketball. You're not gonna hear it. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk wet to you. You mean to tell me I'm elite? I know. I'm an asshole. Victor Oladipo is that exact same way, and he he and he would be considered high character. Victor Oladipo also went to um, Indiana for several years. I'm not going to Indiana. <laughs> I'm not going to Indiana. If, I, if I'm one and done right now, I'm going somewhere where a coach will let me play. Fam, you. Can have. fam, I'm not, you. I'm not going to fam. Okay, never mind. I'll say no athletes no. should go to HBCU. Continue. No, no. I'm not going to fam because fam is really bad, and I do not like the way uh, I don't like the way they're coached. It might be better now, but their coaching carousel is way too is way too like off. Like every two years, you get a new coach. Nah, because I I know I'm gonna have I can do whatever I want to do here, which that might be the year that you try to coach really hard. Not gonna work for me. Bro. Okay, let's say you're a top ten player in the country right now, right? But mm-hmm. like at this moment, you go, you in your mind are wanting to go to HBCU. 
What HBCU do you go to? Because uh, me, personally, I think I would probably try to go to a place or either Hampton. I would, I, I'm thinking Hampton. Hampton has a good basketball program. They make it to the... Uh, they make it to the uh, the big dance, the NCAA tournament, fairly often. It's not like a, it's not out of the wild that they make they, they make it there. I go there. Norfolk, I'd go there. That's they've made it to the NCAA tournament before. Or they beat University of Missouri as like a sixteen. I remember that. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Quentin. Uh, uh, Kyle Quinn. Kyle Kyle Quinn. Yeah. He yeah, went off. Man. I think he's on the Knicks now. <laughs> yeah, he's been in the league. He's been in the league ever since. Yeah. Like, he's nice. Yeah. Well, nice enough to be in the league. Um, I'll go to Hampton, Norfolk, or I would li- or I would shift it all the way up and go to a place down south, southern, Grambling. Uh, I would go. I wouldn't go to Jackson. If you, played, if you played basketball in the gym like I have, you would not want to go to Jackson. Um <laughs> like, but, then, but I would say Gramlin or Southern is one of the ones I go to, just for the culture reasons, right? Down South, culture is just going to be a little bit different. I'd probably go to, what, North Carolina A&T. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's, that's, that's yeah. a real good one. North Carolina A&T, like, I went to the homecomings. Because, like, even if, like, I don't know, for every reason, the basketball team isn't, like, I haven't kept up with the basketball team, but even if the basketball team isn't that great or is only, like, okay, like, you're still going to be around a lot of other, like, high-level athletes because they have one of the best, like, track teams in the country, and they have a really good football team. So, like, yeah. I think you could do, I think you could say the same thing, like, if you had those reasons. I think mm-hmm. you could say the same thing about Texas Southern. Down there in the Houston area, like I feel like you could say it's something about that school. Also, um, you know, their school, their team might not be great. They're not. Their team's not bad by any means, but they might not be like you know, like fantastic. They might be like a little wishy washy, five hundred, whatever it is. But the culture about being around other good athletes, uh, Texas A and or Texas Southern's uh, women's team's generally good. Uh, their track team, Prairie Views around the around that area also. So, like, in Prairie View's track team is always widely good. And Prairie View has a lot of good uh, athletes, uh, athletic culture, I would say. So, yeah, that may, but North, North, North Carolina A&T is fire, though. I'm going to lie. North Carolina is a fire state. People don't realize that you've been there, but it's a fire state, though. Yeah. Yeah, I got to go with Calma. It's either NCAT, uh, North Carolina Central. Or Texas Southern? Can you guess why? I mean, I think Jeopardy. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good weather all damn year. Facts. Facts. I'm not. I'm not going to hoop smart. anywhere with cold. That's I know, smart. Yeah, and I have to walk that one year on campus. Have you been? But have you been to Texas Southern's campus? No. Trash. So, like, because I got accepted there. Like, I applied, I got accepted there, whatever it is. They're, so, like, it's right in the middle of Houston, but their infrastructure, like, the, the architecture of the school mm-hmm. is very bland. It's very boxish. 
You know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, style or finesse to how the school looks. It's very boring. I'm not going to lie to you. So, like, when they're like, oh, you got accepted, I was like, oh, I got accepted. You know what I mean? But, like, North Carolina A&T, I heard it's, like, a dope school, though. Like, like I heard it's, like, a legit, like, the way it looks, the atmosphere, I heard it's, like, a dope, dope school. Uh, I've been to Hampton. And Hampton, Hampton and Norfolk are the two are up there as the two nicest HBCUs I've ever seen. Like, Norfolk is super nice. Just no one's ever gone there, because kind of off to the left a little bit. But, like, it's super, super nice. And they're both Division One. Um, it's, uh, but, like, would you consider going to a non-Division One? No. As a top athlete? No. ESPN Top 100. No. no. But what? A, but but there's been people who made it to the NBA that weren't from Division ones. Yeah, but they also weren't top players coming out of their high school class. So okay, so what about? Right. I mean, but like some of these Division two schools or whatever it is, they play Division one schools, especially the HBCUs. They play Division one schools to just get a quick paycheck from that big school. You know what I mean? So what if all of a sudden you over here at Morehouse? Let's say Morehouse, right? Morehouse, Clark, Atlanta. You over here at one of those schools. You over here got that whole culture. Well, I don't know about the Morehouse culture. They think they wear uniforms. But uh, you say Clark, Atlanta. You're Clark, Atlanta. Clark, Atlanta's coach, at least three years ago, was a former NBA player. Like, he played basketball. He's got connects, so on and so forth. All of a sudden, you play, I don't know, what's the what's what, what's big uh, University of Atlanta? No. I was like, what's the big PWI around there? So you play, you're from Georgia, right? All of a sudden mm-hmm. you go there and you bust, you kill them. You going crazy. You get that dub. All of a sudden, you have them put another HBC on the map. More kids go there. They go from Division One, Division Two, all because of you. <clears throat> you're asking for too much. It doesn't. It... <laughs> One year, no, no. No, I'm going to tell you why. One year of success does not mean, like, you you almost have to do some unworldly stuff. Like, the last couple schools that we can, like, actively think of where, like, enrollment changed change because that happened is, like, um, I think Loyola of Chicago. Loyola of Chicago, yeah. Was, like, that was Get, the last uh, where, like, it actually, like, changed something. And now look, <laughs> like it happened for one year. Like, like more people came in, they ain't get better. I get that. You got a dude coming here named Baylor. He super cold. I get that, but I'm just, I'm just giving HBCUs a little bit more. Like, ugh, you know what I mean? A little more, a little like, like, well, that might have happened on Loyola, but then mm-hmm. like. In a couple of years, people are going to forget that that school even exists. If I'm here, probably honest with you, but black people like we like a lot of people don't know where Norfolk is. But Norfolk beat Missouri. All of a sudden, people black people specifically they know about Norfolk. You know what I mean? Like especially you watch basketball kind of area. So I'm not sure if I'm, I'm hoping that like an HBCU or black person go to HBCU, the effect would be a bit different. But that might just be I'm, me being optimistic. I mean, like, 
theoretically assuming like everything pans out what's his name maker like committed to howard like oh, yeah. the, it would you clearly have skepticism like alan does but regardless like assuming like that like actually the season and he went there and played we'd ba- they basically be, they'd be like a real life version of this thought experiment that we're currently running yeah so i'm just gonna need howard to stop getting all of the nations including athletes but continue no no no. that's that's all i had to say but oh i know I, i'm I, just saying like howard and morehouse get all the donations from everybody i'm gonna need some i'm gonna need these people to figure out that other hbcus exist so like especially these other athletes you know what i mean because like if you look at i don't want to get into the history of how howard played you get into the history of howard Howard's uh, HBCU status was real iffy. So let's, so the rest of us, the rest of us exist as well. I'm not saying I go to Fisk because Fisk is, Fisk is, uh, Fisk has their own issues. But like, you know, Tennessee State's cool. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, do you think this fad of big time, not big time, but top 100 ESPN athletes going to HBCUs is going to continue on? Yeah. We probably have like two, three more years where we can get at least one. And if and if they're not top one hundred, there'll be like some top one fifty kids that definitely go. So so wait, what's that? What's that one kid's name? Mikey, Mackey, Mikey. Yeah, he's twenty twenty three. Don't even worry about him. What's up? What's up, Calvin? I feel like, and maybe this is just a me thing, and like maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like for the most part, if that trend continues, it's probably more likely to happen with football. Like it's a lot more people. You're right. More, more people and, like, our football programs are collectively better than the basketball program. So. Yeah, historically it's been the case, too. So, like, when that person was, like, when, they, when ESPN and all kind of stuff, we're, we're, we're saying, like, this is the first person of this stature to go to an HBCU. Uh, they had to specifically make it basketball. Some didn't, which was just false information. But the ones that made specifically basketball, that was right. But historically, like, before – what year was this? It was 19, 1964. Before 1964, um, which uh, most black athletes that went to the NFL – when I say most, I mean high, high percentage. And most – it was like 90-some percent were from HBCUs. Um, and then – Black people, right? like most Division One universities, weren't really like <clears throat> trying to field. No, like, that, like, no yeah, that's, wasn't that's that like one of the big, biggest issues too? Yeah, but then the Kansas City Chiefs were the first team that had a strong black presence um, yeah. to to uh, on, on the team go on to win the Super Bowl. So what did every other team in the NFL do? They they followed <laughs> that lead, that trend. All of a sudden, because if you look at the, if you look at like the football cards or the bios of most of the Chiefs players that are black that went to the NFL or went to the championship when they were one, uh, they were all from HBCUs. So then other NBA, all other NFL teams followed that trend. All of a sudden, uh, that trickled down to the college. So all of a sudden, college was like, oh, we can make you know more money. It's, it's capitalist propaganda. That's all it was. Capitalist propaganda. All of a sudden. The black kids were like, oh, we can go to – it was, you know, essentially a lot of it, unfortunately, was the water to must taste better over there kind of mindset. 
So they ended up going from HBCUs to PWIs because they, they thought it offered them more opportunities as well, which in some cases it did, but it, but not as many cases as an 18-year-old in 1968 would have thought. You know what I mean? Um, it's a really good book called uh, $40 Million Slave that talks about this whole entire process. Um, but yeah, so that was like, for football historically, like the number one winning coach in football history after the scandal with, uh, what's his name? Penn State dude? Uh, not Sandusky, uh, but uh, what's his name? Sandusky actually touched the boys. Who was the, uh, the head coach? Paterno. Uh, Paterno. 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 Yeah. He was the all-time winningest coach, but then he allowed his assistant coach to touch the little boys, so uh, a lot of his wins were taken away. So Mm -hmm. rightfully placed, the all-time winningest coach in college college football history uh, was Eddie Griffith in Gremlin State, and that's – he got a statue down there. He got a whole museum for himself down there, all kind of stuff. He's a big-time guy. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't know who he is mainstream-wise because everybody, once again, has been so infatuated for college football all the time with the PWI. So, Calvin, you're probably going to be right uh, because even right now, there's, there's HBCU people on, on, on NFL teams currently, right? Like, it's still – that's not an anomaly. It's like, it's like a common – a fairly common thing. Uh, especially with the football being the way it is and the rosters and so on and so forth. I remember when I was at Gremlin State in 2012, 2013, a guy from Gremlin State was a rookie for the New York Giants. Like, it's, like, it's not it's, – it's, it's a common thing. So I, I do suspect that to become even more common um, for, for, for sure. Hopefully it doesn't only stick to football, though. Hopefully basketball, but also hopefully volleyball, you know, uh, cheerleading, baseball, because the last, the, my biggest pet peeve for HBCUs, easily, is seeing HBCUs with baseball teams where the baseball team is all white. That is my biggest pet peeve, and it bothers me to my core. Because uh, Gremlin was like that when I was there. Uh, uh, but when I played uh, at Fisk, Fisk will play like Rustin and Mississippi. And we would play different HBCUs around, right, the NAI HBCUs. But that wouldn't be the case for the NAI HBCUs. That wouldn't be the case. But this, once you got to Division One, I, I don't know about Division Two. Once you got to Division One, all of a sudden, majority white. I'm like, this is this so is hurts. that a talent thing, though? Is it what? Is that like a talent thing? Like, are they trying to be competitive at, like, that level? But that would just mean that all, like, all the other kids that didn't go to PWIs are just kind of like Division Two or below, which is kind of well, hard I think to. It's how you look at it? I think it's how you look at it, right? Is the is the recruiter for the baseball team of the HBCU Division One school, right? Is that recruiter looking? Is he using the players? Is he looking for the players or the players coming to him? So if this white kid's like. Oh, I can't get to Vanderbilt. Uh, I can't get into I can't get into Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt doesn't want me. Kind of stuff. Looks like I'm going to Tennessee State. Like, like it it it, it probably depends on which side it is from which perspective, right? But for a lot of foot, but but I do know that to be the case. Sometimes I'm not gonna go out of my way and say most times or all the time, obviously, right? 
but I do not I do know that for that to be the case enough times. Um, but it is up to the HBCU and the recruiter and the head coach. Some of them got to go out of their way to go to inner cities and go to black communities and, you know, and find these talents, right? Because there's RBI baseball all over the country, rebuilding baseball inner city. That's all it is. Kansas City has one. Baltimore has one. Uh, different cities in Texas have one. They're all over the country. It's a national brand. New York has one. Black is black players and Latino players that are the high majority in those leagues, right? Are these are these schools going out of the way to go to those areas, or are they going to just go to these random? Not random. Are they going to these national uh, batting titles and you know AAA where where essentially it's not even the best talent, it's whose parents are willing to spend the most money. That's yeah. really what it is. Because baseball has turned into a baseball has turned into a, a rich man's sport, right? So like when my dad was coming up and probably your probably parents, they had to play baseball, grandparents, all they needed was a, a stick and a ball or whatever. Not you know, you, you we all we've all heard the stories, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not the case anymore because you're like <sighs> the white man, I don't I don't want to say it, but it's true. The white man has established baseball as its sport. Um, they're trying to establish baseball as a country club sport, right? A more expensive sport. So instead of just a stick and a ball, you need an aluminum bat. But you can't just have an aluminum bat. You gotta have a certain brand of aluminum bat. You need you you, you can't have you can't have uh, plastic. You have to have plastic or metal cleats depending on which uh, which league you're in. Uh, you gotta have uh, you, a, a certain kind of. You, it, it, it makes it too specific. So it, it locks out a certain demographic and a, and a certain economic demographic, which in America, unfortunately, is going to be people of color. You know what I mean? So yeah. like that, uh, a baseball recruiter specifically for like Grambling or, or, or Florida A&M or, or North Carolina A&T needs to go out of the way to go to those other communities who also have crazy talent, but sometimes, unfortunately, also are being pushed towards basketball and football instead of other sports you know what i mean who that 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 they can run rampant in all right well i think that is a good closing point because we're talking (laughs) about baseball now (laughs) we're clearly off of the weeds so uh let's go ahead and get out of here i didn't realize we've been on there for an hour and 33 minutes uh i think i talked probably too much uh but my name is philip dixon uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok uh, at Philip Dixon. Um, TikTok is PG underscore anecdotes, but that will soon change to Philip Dixon because I am my own brand. Uh, so let's get it. Uh, that's what it is. All right, y'all. I'm Calvin McGowan, uh, and I've been avoiding social media. So I'm not even gonna bother with it right now. <laughs> Respect that. Respect yeah. that. Alan Pettigrew signing out. You can find me at all the socials. Alan Pettigrew uh, for what? Don't worry about my hands, yo. <laughs> what? Where about where about yourself? Alan don't know what you're laughing at, Calvin. <laughs> Alan has no idea what you're laughing at, Calvin. You said what? I I have no idea what happened. <laughs> You just, don't even worry about it. No, no. You talking about the lights? God. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, no, this is nothing to do with you. This is nothing to do with you. I hate y'all so much. Y'all stress me out. Anyway, Twitter, Alipay, Google me. <laughs>